Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome once again to Hang On Soupy, presented by Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. I'm your host, Caleb Soupy Spinner, and today I have the honor, the privilege of talking to one of the most decorated athletes in the history of Ohio State, an Olympian, a six-time individual NCAA champion at Ohio State, Blaine Wilson. Welcome to the show. It's a true honor. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So I got to talk to you about this because I was up late last night and the past couple nights watching videos of you at the Olympics and in your Buckeyes uniform. I, I'm not coordinated enough to be a gymnast. I will never be coordinated enough to be a gymnast. So even more, I was thinking, wow, this is impressive. So I have to just say I am in awe of everything that you can do. Thank you. I'm, I mean, it could do. I'm done now. But, uh, you know, but it was fun. It was fun. We, uh, You know, gymnastics is great for, uh, for all kinds of stuff and uh, agility, coordination, and, you know, it was fun. I'm, I'm glad I'm done now and teaching. You could probably still do a backflip, and I've never been able to do that. So I can still do one of those, but I don't do it on – I do it very rarely. Special occasions. Special yep. occasions. So I got I got to start at the beginning because your career has so much in it. I got to start at the beginning. I think that's the best place to start this. Who or what inspired you to become a gymnast? Who got you into it? Um, you know, it, it's kind of ironic. I, I just fell into it. Um, literally, uh, you know, I, I grew up and I – broke my parents' couches. I mean, I was all over the place, you know? Um, and then my dad's like, I need something, you know, for this kid to do. And he put me in a local YMCA, uh, gymnastics program. And it started from there. I was like three and a half, four. And, um, I excelled at it and, and, um, I stayed in it. And then, uh, eventually, um, they, the, my coach that was there at the time, he started to do his own gymnastics facility um, Columbus Gymnastics Academy a long time ago. And he said, I want to take your son with me. And my dad was like, he didn't know any better. He said, okay, fine. All right. He can go. So that's how it all started. Surprised that the, uh, the career that started off breaking couches didn't turn into a WWE career. I, you know, I, I didn't, I did enjoy WWE. Uh, you know, I, I still watch it on occasion, but yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it didn't either. <laughs> breaking tables, breaking couches, same thing, right? You know, I did, I got caught breaking a couple of things on television, uh, you know, at, during my career, but uh, <laughs> it's not always a good thing. Breaking tables. You're either a WWE athlete or a Bills fan. Who, know, who knows these uh, days? <laughs> that was brutal. So you began your career at a very young age. And I know a lot of the most successful athletes are, you know, they, they start off young and they get into it. How much do you think, you know, your career was benefited that you got into it at a young age versus trying to pick it up as like maybe a walk on in college? Yeah, I mean, it's gymnastics is a very difficult sport. And, and I have met very few athletes to get to the to the to the Olympics or to the caliber that, that you know, it takes to be to, to get there. that started that late. I mean, I can only think of a couple that I mean, even started eight, nine. But uh, it's it's difficult and it's very beneficial to start younger, you know, and as I said before, there's, there's a lot of different athletes that, that started, you know, doing gymnastics when they were younger, but ended up doing different sports. And, you know, it's, it's great for speed, agility, um, flexibility, um, you know, and it's, uh, it's all around good for your body. So. And I'm a big supporter of getting into either you yourself getting into or getting your kids into, uh, 
athletics and sports at a young age, because as I talked about in, in the first episode of Hang on Soupy with Sean McCarthy and Alexa Miller, the sports teaches you so many things that transcend the world of sports. It teaches you teamwork, showing up on time, responsibility, discipline, all these beneficial habits that benefit you down the road. And as we talked about in that episode, um, how those lessons that they learned through college athletics benefit uh, them in their professional lives now. So getting involved in that, sure, it made you a great gymnast too, but also probably taught you a lot of those things at a young age that maybe the couch breaker wouldn't have found out on his own without sports. Yeah. I, I mean, prioritizing things. Um, you know, I played a lot of different sports. I didn't just do gymnastics. I played baseball. I played basketball, soccer for 11 years. And um, I was as active as I could possibly be. Um, and I enjoyed it. My parents enjoyed it. And, and, and you know, they took me everywhere. And, um, you know, gymnastics just took a little bit more. Um, you really had to follow the rules based on the fact that, you know, every day that you're doing something, you could really injure yourself uh, if you're not paying attention. And, and, and the coaches you know, stay on you about that. And, um, it basically taught me to go one thing at a time. You know, I, I, I see my sons right now and they want to go from zero to 10 and they want to skip everything in between. I'm like, oh, you don't, you don't get there like that. Um, you, you know, can't just come in one day, say, I want to learn a bad back tuck and you got it the next second. It doesn't work like that. Um, especially, you know, with gymnastics. So, uh, you gotta be patient and you gotta stay with the program and, and trust the process. So. And and you're right. The the high level of injury, I think, contributes to how patient you have to be. If you go in, like you just said, if you go in right off the rip and if I showed up to Integrity Gymnastics, or Integrity Athletics, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute, um, and said, I'm going to get up on, on the uneven bars and just do a routine. I'm pretty sure you would look at me and go, OK, you're going to break something. So let's get the ambulance here. Yeah. Like, first there's there's got to be. Yeah. First, I'd have you sign a waiver and then I would let right. you go ahead. <laughs> right. Of course. If the ambulance is there, we got to make sure you're not legally liable for it. Yep, but but yeah, you get what I'm, you get what I'm saying, right? I can't just go in and do something. It's got to be the time, the practice to, you know, lift and build the muscles to do that. And then yeah, I mean, training for the technique to do that. Yeah. It's just like, you know, just like any other any other sports, if you're not putting in the time and the effort to, in order to move to move forward um, and to learn things correctly. Every, as I said before, everybody just wants the end product. They don't want to put forth the in-between to get here. With gymnastics, you, you can't do that. It doesn't matter what you do. So we talked about how much work it takes to be a gymnast and excel in gymnastics. Was there ever a time, especially you know when you were younger, was there ever a time where you thought the work might be a bit too much for you to handle? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. You know, I split a lot of a lot of my time. Gymnastics took a boatload of my time. But I mean, there wasn't, I mean, I played, as I said, I played baseball, I played uh, basketball, I played soccer and my gymnastics coach used to get upset. He's like, I know you have a lot of talent. He said, but I can't, you can't be missing all the, the all these practices to go play these other sports. And I said, but that's what I want to do. I want to be well-rounded. You, you got to put in a lot of time for this sport. And, you know, just before I entered high school, I made that decision and I was like, you know what, done with everything else. Gymnastics, it is. There comes a time when you got to discern, you know, I love all these things, but what do I really want to excel at? If there's a time where you have to cut out three things to get, you know, to be the best at one, sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, not- yeah, you do. And I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in hey, a well-rounded athlete. Play as many sports as you can. But uh, when it comes down to making that decision, um, especially with gymnastics, you know, a lot of people can't be a Deion Sanders and play football and 
and or Bo Jackson and get play football and baseball, you know, <laughs> for gymnastics, you got to pick it and that's it. And of course, your decision to drop those things in favor of gymnastics paid off. You found massive success at Ohio State on the men's gymnastics team. Tell me about why you chose Ohio State and how you figured the program differed from the others that you looked at. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll make a very long story short. Uh, a very good friend of mine, Jason Whitfield, um, I actually was going to, I, I was going to be an Iowa Hawkeye. We had a pack, myself and a couple other athletes from um, CGA, and we were going to, we were going to go to Iowa and he was going to be first. Um, and he ended up passing away in a motorcycle accident before he even started at Iowa. Um, after he passed away, the core group of us decided there was five of us. And we all decided to go to Ohio state and that was going to be it. And that happened my, the beginning of my junior year, uh, as it goes, we all went and history is, I mean, it is what it is. It could have been way different, but I'm a Buckeye <laughs> through and through born here raised here. So that's how it ended up that way. And that's just fate leading you on the path, right? It is. It is. Who, um, who knows what your career would have looked like at Iowa? Not yet, exactly. And that's exactly, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing how things work, but yeah, I never looked back at Ohio state and never looked back. Like I said, you found massive success there, but that doesn't mean that the road was easy all the times. You know, I got to assume that there were some challenges and again, mentioning that first article, that first episode that, that we did on Hang on Soupy, we talked with Sean and Alexa and they were always, you know, things that they struggled with. But the, the key part of their story is that they got through it. What do you think was the hardest part about being a college athlete? And what advice would you give incoming athletes on how to handle that and, and go through that challenge? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that, that you have to create your own structure. When, when I was at St. Francis to sales and, you know, in high school and you were required to be, you know, in school from this time to this time. And then you had your time outside to, uh, to, to figure out your homework, man, when you show up at, um, in college and it's like, what do you mean? I don't have to go to school for seven straight hours. I get to make my own, you know, schedule. You're going to be kidding me. You know, and I, it's, it's freedom that comes at a price if you're not paying attention to it. And I would say to these young athletes, hey, when you show up, get help, ask questions, ask a lot of questions, take advantage of, and, and things have changed since, you know, I was there, but take advantage of the tutors, take advantage of any of the programs that your college has, and then prioritize. And I, I have to honestly say, I didn't necessarily, I went to school, I love gymnastics, and I went to school for gymnastics, not necessarily for school. And a lot of people look at that and go, what? I did. I went there and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make the Olympics. I'm going to make the changes. I'm going to do the things that need to be done. You know, my freshman year was a little rocky. And then, you know, after that, I just kind of figured it out. So don't be afraid to ask questions, but at the same time, graduate. I mean, it took me 17 years to, to get my degree from Ohio State and eventually did. So graduate was the best feeling I ever had. And while at Ohio State, you know, as you're, as you're maintaining the college work, as you're expanding from national competition to eventually international competition, you won six individual NCAA championships. I'll say that again because I don't think people heard that on the first time and gotten as impressed as they should be. Six individual NCAA championships. Right now, you have as many individual championship rings as Tom Brady has Super Bowls. Okay, that's how impressive that is. Also winning a team title in 96 with the Buckeyes too. What would you most accredit your success to 
both individually and then as a team? Is it the program? Is it, you know, an experience that you had in high school that changed your mindset to do something? What, what was it? No, I think as far as myself, I've had great coaches. I had great coaches up to that point and continued to have great coaches after our, you know, I left Ohio State and went on to train at the Olympic Training Center. But I, my coaches were great. They had plans. They had, you know, schedules. What am I going to do this week what are, to the next week? Miles Avery, Peter Corman, you know, they were the, the coaches at, at Ohio State when I was there. Pete always, I mean, he was always on me. You got to pay attention. You got to do this if you want to move forward. You need to do this, 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 and this, and we got to start here, you know, and, and then on top of that, you got to, uh, I don't know, you got to trust your teammates, you know, looking back all four years. I, I mean, I trusted my teammates every single time. So did you just got to trust them? That's all there is to it. That's part of being on a team is, is trusting them. A lot of, you know, colleges, you'll hear them say like our team is, is a family and trusting is part of the family. That's, that's what it is. Gymnastics is an individual sport almost as individual as you can get, but that still doesn't mean that you don't have to trust your teammates just because, you know, at the end of the day, you're the one on the rings alone, or you're the one on the uneven bars alone. Yeah. I mean, you still have to trust them and rely on them that you're, that they're teaching you the right things. They're helping you during the workouts and doing the right things that they should be on and off, you know, the mat. Yeah, you do. You have, you have to, no matter what, it doesn't matter. Um, And, and once I, once I was done with my job, I mean, it didn't, it all depended on then, you know, and there's nothing you can do about that. And, and that's the same thing with me. I was a track athlete, so I absolutely get the individuals, but then working to to be part of the team and, you know, the team score comes from the individual scores. And so wanting to be your best and helping each other be their best. That's, that's the sign of a good program. That's the sign of a good athlete. It's a sign of a good team. And I'm, I'm glad you had that at Ohio state after proving time and time again with those six NCAA championships, that you were the best in the conf- in the college. You began your journey to prove that you were the best in the world by competing and qualifying for the 96 Olympic Games. I I will never be an Olympic athlete. I think that's fair to say. I'm still 19 years old, but I think that's fair to say that. So I will never go to Colorado Springs and qualify like you did. So walk me through what it was like competing in the Olympic trials and what went through your mind the moment you found out that you had qualified and made the team. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, went through the process with two of my buddies, Drew Durbin and then, um, Kip Simons. And, uh, and I think the most nerve wracking thing, uh, wasn't qualifying is, is by far qualifying for the Olympic games is, is the most stressful thing. Once you get to the Olympic games and you don't have to qualify anymore, then you're like, I can let it all go, you know? But, um, for me, I knew I had a good chance and I, I knew that I, I was going to be you know, among the, the, the top two or three guys, um, just based on after, after 96 championships where I won, I knew barring an injury, I was going to get on that team. Um, I think the most stressful thing for me for that particular time was knowing that Kip was right on the edge of making it or not making it. And man, every single time he got up on a piece of equipment, I, I my eyes were closed. I'm like, oh my God, let's just show. I hope he makes it. You know, because you have so much, you put so much time and effort into this with it with other athletes and you want them to make the team. And that that's I mean that to me, that was the most stressful thing. Once again, I, I don't want to come off arrogant, but I knew I put in the work in order to get onto that team. And, and I was very confident with that. I don't know how to explain it. It's a very stressful situation, especially if you're on that bubble. 
you're on that bubble and you don't know if you're going to get on the team and it could be very stressful. And that's, that's not a, that's not, you know, being arrogant at all. I mean, that's, you know, what my dad said when we were on college visits and he kept having to basically cattle prod me to talk about myself and, and, you know, tell it, tell these colleges what I've been doing. We call that a humble brag. So you put in the work. I I've watched the videos. I'm not a gymnastic expert, but I can see clearly from how muscular you are, how good your form is, and then listening to the commentators who do know what they're talking about, I can tell you put in the work. So if that was an unsubstantiated claim, if you had said that you put in the work and I could clearly tell you didn't, then I would say that's a bit of an arrogant attitude. But no, you put in the work, good sir. And I, I can tell that. I can tell. Can you tell I'm impressed by what you did? I appreciate it. You know, I and I had a good role model. I mean, the, the person I learned the most from, uh, John Roethlisberger, he, uh, I mean, why I, I, I saw that guy before I started college, I, I watched him get super mad at an NCAA championship. And he's probably going to get mad. I'm telling, I'm saying this and just body slammed a table, no doubt and tossed a chair. And I was like, that's my guy. That is my guy. I want to be that intense. And I want to be that mad. If I miss something, knowing I should have made it, you know, and, and that intensity, he just taught me, Hey, if you're going to walk out of a practice and you know that that last turn was worthless, he goes, you didn't do anything to help yourself today. And, and that was the work ethic. He's like, you need to take more turns. You know why? Because somebody else is probably taking more turns than you. So that's just all there is to it. And and then I took that to heart and, and, you know, it, it made me who I was. I just, I couldn't take, even if it was a bad day, you got to get up and make it work. It doesn't matter. We have a, we have a motto that was taken from Ohio State football and, and we use it in our family. E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. I'm sure as a Buckeye, you're, you're not a stranger to that. But, you know, that that's what it is. That's the controlling your response kind of thing. If you know the event was bad, if you know you messed up the turn, how are you going to respond to that? And I think that's, you know, something that championships, that championship caliber people and champions do is they respond to their outcome the right way. And they respond to their event the right way, excuse me, and make a great outcome. Now, I have to talk about this as a little bit of a side note, but talking about your international competition, I heard your coach made you tape up your ankle to cover a tattoo that you had of the comic book hero, The Tick. Now, for those people who aren't fluent in comic books as I am and don't know The Tick as much as you do, The Tick is a superhero, but he's not as mainstream as, say, Iron Man is or Thor. So I got to ask, what is the story behind that tattoo? Uh, when I was younger, my dad and I, and, and it, we just happened upon the, the, the cartoon and it was hysterical. I mean, absolutely hysterical. It, it, we, we like stupid humor and that's what it was. And, you know, I sat there, we, we watched it for a while. And then, um, you know, as I went into college, I was like, you know what? I'm getting a tattoo. I wasn't allowed to get one when I was at home. I'm in college. I can do whatever I want to do. And, uh, so I, I drew the tick and, um, I decided to put OSU in his hand and I ended up getting it, you know, uh, I think when I was a freshman, I think it was a freshman. And, um, <laughs> I tried it. He came into practice one day and I was like, Oh, I'm in deep trouble. I even covered it up in practice. So he wouldn't see it. Just my dad. Um, he eventually ended up seeing it. He was like, yeah, you know, I don't have any problems with it because it's the tick. He's like, stop. I don't want you to get any more tattoos. We all know that didn't work. But, um, but then when I, I, fast forward, we get to um, the Olympic Games and 
my coach, Peter Corman, he's like, I think you need to take that up. Other countries might frown upon the fact that you have a tattoo. Lo and behold, I, you know, tape it up, cover it up. And uh, <laughs> now you look around, these guys got arm sleeves, their backs all tatted up, you know, and I just started laughing. That one little tattoo in 1996. It's just amazing. I didn't know you drew it. I think that's, that's even cooler is that you, yeah, you drew I, the I, 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 I wanted to, I wanted them a specific, a specific way. And, um, you know, I, I can draw. That's one thing that I, I'm not good at math, but I can draw. And, uh, I decided I, I changed him up and put him in the position I wanted and put a OSU in his hand. And guy took it right on, slapped it right on the ankle and done. <laughs> They rebooted that show. Do you watch it on Prime? The new I've seen it. show that they've had. <laughs> I've seen it. I like the cartoon better, but yeah, I, I it's yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the tick. I just I had to bring that up. I heard that uh, when I was watching one of the one of the um, one of the old videos of you. I think it was when you were doing your floor routine. Yep. And. I want to say it was 96, but regardless, I was watching a video. The broadcaster brought that up and I said, okay, add this to the list of things I have to get an answer to. It was 1996. Uh, by the time this is done. 96. Okay. Yep. I, yep. I thought so. Uh, I think it was Al Troutwig. No, it, I forget. It wasn't Troutwig. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Tesh, John Tesh. Uh, let's, so let's fast forward now a couple years. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, a big fan of math, so I'm not going to do 96 to 2004. But in the 2004 Athens Olympics, you and the Olymp uh, the U.S. Olympic team won the silver medal. Since I've never been to the Olympics, and as I mentioned, probably will never be as, as unless it's as a commentator. Tell me what standing on the podium and receiving arguably the most prestigious award in all of sports was like. What was going through your head? What were you, were, you know, seeing? Walk me through that. I mean, for me, it was surreal. I mean, it took me, you know, everybody assumes that you show up at the Olympics and you get a medal. I'm going to show up and get a medal. And that's not the case. I mean, there's a lot of athletes that they go and, and the creed is to participate. That's what the Olympic creed is. It's all about the participation at the Olympic games. But as, as a society, we only measure it as, well, if you come home with medals, then that, that's the most successful part of it. And that's not, it's actually, getting there and the amount of athletes that you see there. Um, and, and for me, as I said, it took me three Olympics to get one medal. That's, I mean, that's for me, it just shows perseverance. I couldn't take it. Um, I, I, I needed to go back. You know, I, I look at John Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger, my idol, you know, he, he ended up at three and never, never, never ended up getting a medal. And I was like, man, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, I, I can't do it. I tell you, in the end, I didn't, I didn't cry too much as far as my career goes, you know, even getting injuries or anything like that. But man, if I, if I could have got a hold of my dad, <clears throat> would have been a hot mess, this guy. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. And he hadn't missed a meet in decades. But actually standing on the podium, it felt so good because there's so many different so many different countries that, I mean, over the years that were like, the U S is not good. The U S is not going to do anything. And man, just, I, you know, there's a lot of people that said, Oh, you were second, not first man, second, first, third. I don't care. We ended up with a medal, you know? And, <laughs> and that's the way I looked at it. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I'm coming home with an Olympic medal. I don't care what color it is. I mean, and there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, you, did you get first? No, man, it's not always about winning. Even though I say that, 
Cause there's, there's many competitions where I was like, you know, if you don't believe that you can win, then you should probably go sit in the stands. And that's the way I took everything. Even the Olympic games. I was like, I don't care what any of these people say. Uh, there's what is it? There's a little, there's a uh, poster downstairs at the bottom of my basement stairs. It says at any given day on any given day, at any given time, anything great can happen. Basically that's the way I looked at the Olympic games. I like that. You know, and it's crazy. Uh, also during those 2004 Olympics, you know, you competed to having, you competed. This, this I think is a testament to what we were talking about with the E plus R equals O is you competed after having suffered a torn bicep and, you know, still won that silver medal. So how did overcoming this injury to compete on the, the biggest stage of international sports? I don't think there's any problem saying that. How did that teach you about perseverance and show you that you could overcome adversity at the highest level? Well, I mean, there's, there's, what's crazy is I've had, I had a lot of injuries, you know, during my career and, you know, injuries are all what you make of them. I don't know. I, I just, I wasn't going to let an injury get in the way of, of what I wanted to do. I think the, the biggest thing for me is that Tim Daggett, he said, if Blaine Wilson's bicep is torn, I think his Olympic dreams or his Olympic dreams of meddling are over. And I watched the broadcast of that. And I love Tim, Tim and I, you know, banter back and forth. That was like, Oh my God, you don't know anything about me all this time. I was like, are you going to seriously count me out? And that like, that was, that was it for me. I was, I called up James Andrews. I was like, Dr. Andrews, I need to get my shoulder, my bicep put back on. He's like, I know I saw it get down here, you know, and flew down and he attached <laughs> it and flew back. And, you know, I was like, how, how long, you know, when can I go? He said, you just need six to, what do you say? Six to seven weeks or six to eight weeks. And he goes, he goes, then it's all out. Do whatever you need to do to get on that team. Listen to your rehab specialist. And, uh, he goes, if it busts again, come down, I'll see, you know, you, you did your best, come back and I'll fix it again. That's the I way I look at it. I think that's awesome. Your doctor was encouraging that. That, that is, that's awesome. Yeah. James Andrews. I mean, he did all the pictures, did all the other stuff. He reattached one of the tendons and, and my right shoulder that snapped my super spinatus. So, I mean, I trusted that man with my life. And the minute he gave me the, I need six to eight weeks and then go, I was like, Mom, look out. I was, I was in, I was in lifting weights or doing whatever I could. I went to the gym, did whatever I could there, went to rehab and then came back. Tunnel vision of making that team. I did it daily. So, and then of course, you know, that competitive spirit doesn't die off when, you know, when you, when you eventually retired from, uh, from, com from competition, you made the decision to become a coach for your alma mater. Who approached you about the Ohio state job? Did you, you know, approach them? Did the coaches say, Hey, we need some extra help. And what led you to accepting that position? Um, well, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I came back from, from California, uh, you know, and unfortunately I was going through a divorce and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make, make a comeback. I was bored. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make a comeback. So from 05, 06, like 05 in that era, I decided I'm, I volunteered assistant coach and, and I was working out at Ohio state and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll make a fourth Olympics. Maybe I'll go for 08, you know, and I was going to be 34 in 08. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I, I started training and ended up, uh, you know, obviously not making it. I was done. Uh, and then Miles Avery approached me after the 08 uh, Olympics stuff was over and said, uh, what do you think about being a coach? And I said, I'm, I'm in. Absolutely. I am in. So that's how it all started. Just like that, right off the rip, there wasn't any consideration. It was just. 
Well, I mean, from 01 to 04, when I came back, when I came back to Ohio State to train for the, for the Athens, I was a volunteer assistant coach for all four of those years. So I traveled with the team, did some other stuff with the team, but uh, I wasn't a paid coach. So I was a volunteer for an extended period of time. I mean, and then <laughs> Miles was like, hey, you know, got an opening. Let's go. I said, Great. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, and ironically, that's how I ended up graduating. Ohio State said, in order to be a coach here, you need a degree. And sure enough, back to uh, school, I went. And of, and of course, there's, there would be nothing wrong if you, you know, had decided that in a second. I'm just, I just think it's cooler that in only a short amount of time, you realize, like, I love Ohio State. I want to give back to Ohio State. I love gymnastics. I love my alma mater. How can I give back to that? First, the volunteer, and then as as the. I mean, I was a volunteer for I mean a very very long time, and I always wanted to work for Ohio State. I mean, I thought it would be cool, and at, at the time there were there was no openings, and I wasn't sure exactly how that was going to roll. And then, uh, sure enough, when when as soon as that opening came, Miles Avery was like, "You're in. You're 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 the guy." And I was like, so, "Absolutely." So now talk to me because we talked about you know you going back to your alma mater. But something in your head must have said, I'm not done yet, because then you went on to start Integrity Athletics in, in Plain City. How did you get that idea to, to start that? Um, it's funny because um, one, of the, one of the guys, one of my business owners, um, I grew up with him uh, playing soccer, uh, John Brooks, for years. I mean, years. And uh, he was always talking about, we need to open our own business. Um, also, Randy Klein, who was, uh, was from here, went to Upper Arlington, ended up meeting him in, um, in California, lived in my back house. And then he, we were always talked about starting a business. He's like, well, let's, you know, I told him I was moving back home. He's like, let's, let's figure it out. So, uh, you know, when I, when I got back here, there was a lot of talk and talk and talk. And we finally didn't close the deal until uh, like, oh, it was the... 08, the beginning of 09. Um, we just, we found an existing gym that was going to be, they, they just wanted to get rid of it. And, and we all decided, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do it. Let's do it. You know, put in the money, do what we need to do. And, and I said, that's how it all started. We just talking and figuring it out. And that was the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. You know, I, I always, I always pictured, you know, and I've been coaching for an extremely long time. I mean, I started coaching at age 21, you know, I'm 46 now. I always wanted to give back. And, and that's the one thing I could, I could do is I had a lot of knowledge and, and I was, you know, not toot my own horn, but I was pretty good at coaching and, and I knew that I didn't know everything. So I just picked stuff from, from every coach that I ever had or from different spots. And even people that uh, were never Olympians uh, or, or didn't coach Olympians, man, I, I just took it all and sucked it all in and, and then I use it today to, to, to coach the kids that I coach. It was, I'm blessed. It was awesome. It's been awesome. And that desire to coach, you know, once again, speaks to how much you loved the sport, how much gymnastics meant to you that you wanted to give back and you wanted to inspire the next Blaine Wilson to love gymnastics with all their heart and all their soul and all their body. And that's, yeah, I mean, it's that's that, something it, special. Yeah. Without, without gymnastics, this, this man wouldn't be standing sitting right here talking to you about, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, who knows? What if I would have said, you know what, I'm going to be a soccer. That's all I'm gonna do is play soccer. You know, and, and it's funny how people's past, whatever you pick, um, it molds you as a person. And, uh, 
I, I think I picked the right path. So, yeah. well, I mean, without gymnastics, you'd still be breaking couches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> WWE, there you go. WWE, there you go. You 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 start wrestling The Rock is what happens. That that's that's the other alternate reality that goes that way. Yeah, that would have been that would have been real bad. The Rock would wish that he was as good as, as a wrestler and as good of an athlete as you were. <laughs> the, the last thing I'll leave you with this: so much of your career has been full of of challenges but also experiences in, and I'm a sports journalist. I truly believe that experiences, what you know is more important, uh, is the most important thing in my industry. So looking back at everything you did, the, the national championships, the youth gymnastics, the, you know, international competition, what were the three biggest lessons or, you know, if there's two or one, but what were the biggest lessons you learned during your career and how do you teach those lessons to your athletes? You know, I, I've been asked that quite a few times. And I think the biggest thing that I tell everybody is enjoy the journey. You know, it's fast. I, if I blink my eyes and I can, and I'm, all right, I'm 46, you know, and it's like, what, where did it all go? If you don't take the time to open your eyes and look around and enjoy what's going on. I mean, before you know it, bam, it's gone. And you just have to. You literally have to take deep breaths and look around and say, man, I'm here, you know, standing like standing there waiting to get that medal in Athens. And I just remember looking around the entire arena, just taking it all in, just like, holy mackerel. And I can close my eyes and I can think to when we walked out in the Georgia Dome in 1996 and the just I mean, 50,000 people screaming, chanting USA. And it was like, where? Wow, this is amazing. You know, and it's just taking the time to enjoy and enjoy the entire experience. And it's not always going to be good. And so with the ups and downs, you you learn from them. They're speed bumps, man. And take the good with the bad and learn from them both. And, they, and that's that's what I try to tell these kids. It's, it's, it's never life or death. Gymnastics is a sport, just like any other sport. Treat, <laughs> treat people the way you want to be treated because that's all there is to it. In other words, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah, it's quick, real quick. Love that quote from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Exactly. That's one of the. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh the uh, the line about Cameron and the diamond is another one of my favorites. <laughs> when he's at the pool, <laughs> I can't repeat it on the show. But I, I, I love that movie. I, I love agree. that movie. <laughs> Blaine, it was an honor talking with you. Like I said, beyond impressed with everything that you were able to do. It's amazing to me. Thank you so much for coming on and talking at the show. Caleb, my honor, man. My honor. And, and I, and I have to put this on record. You, uh, I, I brought this up at lunch today when I told him that I was about to interview you, uh, Bradley Butch, one of your former students who, who was there for about five years. I think he said was very familiar with you, had nothing but good things to say, um, about you and, and how you taught. So it, it, that, that speaks volumes to the kind of teaching that you're able to do and the kind of coaching that you do at Integrity Athletics. Thank you. Thank you. Great person. Make sure you're staying up to date with the show on Instagram at HangOnSoupy. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. The podcast goes up every week on Wednesday on ScarletAndGraySportsRadio.com and on the SGSR SoundCloud page. And of course, you can watch the weekly episode on YouTube and Instagram TV on Fridays. There's always something to keep you involved and entertained with Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Make sure you're staying up to date with everything that we offer. 
We'll see you next week. I'm Caleb Spinner from Columbus, Ohio. That's the show. I'm out of here.